Welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast, where reverence meets relevance. We are currently in a four-part Christmas series titled, You Got Christmas. In this series, Dr. Benji Kelly teaches from Isaiah 9, 1-6, and the unbelievable way in which God has Christmased us with Jesus. The Bible calls him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We hope you are encouraged and challenged to experience the love of God in ways that are fresh and relevant and spread that love to others. How you guys doing? Huh? I can tell. I can tell you folks came to worship today. And uh, I'm just trusting that on the other side of that uh, camera right there that Garner and Sanford, you came with the same spirit of worship this morning. Amen? Hey, welcome. So glad you are here. To the Daughters of the King at NCCIW, to the Garner community, I just mentioned you and the Sanford Church as well, to the television ministry and the internet campus, the Latino campus, and you guys here at Central. Merry Christmas. Can you believe it? Where did the year go? I mean, it's absolutely crazy, and uh, I promised you a report from Columbia. Remember, if you were here last week, let me show of hands. How many of you were here last week? Yeah, see, that's what blows my mind. I, I, I pray that one day everybody doesn't come on the same Sunday. Because I don't know what we would do. Um, because that was only about half of you. Um, but hey, I'm glad for the half of you that were here. And I'm glad you're back. And uh, I think we should go to church every single Sunday of our life. What do you say? Like, I really believe that. Like, even when we go on vacation, we end up somewhere. But that's not my message today. Go to church every Sunday. No, 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 that's not what I'm doing. Um, but if you weren't here last Sunday, I talked about the fact that we have been given a building and a piece of property in Columbia, South Carolina. Let me just frame it real quick. Oh, oh, oh. say that to the end and then just blow up with it. Um, it. What happened was about six weeks ago, I was at a board of trustees meeting at Southern Wesleyan University. Now, I'm not the typical board of trustees kind of person. Like, I've, I've never been on a board of trustees before, and they've been asking me for several years, so I finally said yes. And so I went to this meeting. It was a two-day meeting, and it was about 50 people, and everybody in the room had on either a nice dress, the ladies, and the guys had on suits and ties, everybody but me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I felt a little awkward and uncomfortable and out of place, but then I felt a little better the very next Sunday, I mean the very next day, because five of the dudes came without a tie. That's influence, friends, influence. Um, well, I'm sitting there, and they, they, you know, it's real formal. They have name place tags on the desk and all. So I'm sitting right beside this guy by the name of Pastor Buddy Rampy, and uh, he oversees 51 churches in the state of South Carolina. And um, we got to talk in, long, long story short, basically by the end of the break, he's flipping open, opening his laptop computer, showing me pictures of this church building on this corner lot in this very busy commercial district on the northeast side of Columbia, South Carolina, which is the fastest growing side of Columbia and one of the fastest growing areas in the state of South Carolina. By that evening, I'm sitting at Starbucks with Pastor Buddy and his wife, Joan, and they are basically saying, God is leading us to give you this church. And I was kind of like, when you say give, what do you mean by that? <laughs> And he said, give. 
And so he was here the next weekend worshiping with us. You might have met him. And then this week, uh, Amy Lynn and I traveled to Columbia, South Carolina, where we toured the facility, and uh, we shot a little video. It's raw and unedited. My wife was the videographer with my telephone. Um, but I'm wondering, would you want to see that? Would you? Check it out. Here we go. Hey, New Hope Church. Um, here, here's the deal. We are, oh, we got some people going, Woohoo! How you doing, brother? <laughs> the people are already excited that we are here. We are in Columbia, South Carolina. And here's the deal. We got Christmas. I mean, we got Christmas with a piece of land. I've got the exact acreage now. It's a little bit over five acres of land. And uh, right here in this major intersection where my brother was just yelling at us, welcoming us to the community gas station right here. Um, all kind of businesses there. School right over here. It's an, uh, I think it's an elementary school. Yep, elementary school. Another gas station right there. I mean, this is a commercial district in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, we are fired up. The, the building is right over here. We don't know the exact square footage of this building, but it's it's spot on with Garner. It's probably around seven to eight, maybe nine thousand square feet. It is remarkable. Let me show you this building, and I'm gonna take you inside for a little tour. Here's the bed, a little sun. I don't know what the lighting's gonna be like, but here is our Christmas gift, 2012, given to us by a man named Pastor Buddy Rampy. And uh, the whole thing, we haven't had an appraisal lately, but I can promise you on this corner lot in Northeast Columbia, you're looking at a piece of property in a building um, well over $2 million. New Hope Church, we just got Christmas. Let me take you inside and give you a tour. Hey, 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 New Hope Church, come on in to this building in Columbia, South Carolina. A potential campus for New Hope Church. Here's like the, uh, I don't know, kind of similar to our rotunda. It would be a lobby area. Uh, you got two entrances, one the one you just came into, and then the other side as well. This runs straight through the building. And then to the right here is where the worship center is. Uh, very similar in size to the Garner worship center. Great carpet. They've got some good colors picked out. Stage. I can already tell you that our technicians and core team will want to move that stage to go right under that area there where we've got TVs on the side and we can drop a big teaching screen down as well. We got restrooms on both sides. And then you walk down this hallway. Tell me that doesn't look like a total town hallway. Amy Lynn is with me and she is so excited. Uh, she can just see that um, branded with our hometown logo from our company out of California that we use for all of our campuses. Come on, I'll show you the different classrooms here. Basically, there are six classrooms. Amy Lynn also loves these split doors for children's ministry. Nice, big, spacious kitchen here as well. Kitchen reminds me a lot of the kitchen at our Sanford campus, actually. One of the big classrooms that can be divided into two classrooms. The other classroom. 
takes on the feel of the Clemson Tigers, we might quickly paint that another color. Because we don't roll like that in Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> And you Carolina people will like this color. This is Carolina blue. I think I'm getting a little sick to my stomach in the, in the moment, actually. And uh, here's that, that same big room again. So this is John and Buddy. Oh, John, I'm on the camera. This is John and Pastor Buddy Rampy. I told you about them in the church. This man of God right here oversees 51 churches in the South Carolina uh, area. to make this possible. And so we just praise God for this couple and uh, the way they are really feeling led. And we're feeling led to partner together for the gospel of Christ right here in Northeast Columbia. Hey, just want to thank you for the quick tour. Take care. God bless. Ridiculous. Absolutely crazy. And um, at the end of the day, so we spent a day with them. At the end of the day, um, he's, he's taking us out for dinner. I'm begging to let him let me pay. And he's taking us to dinner. And, and, and in the middle of the dinner, I'm sitting there and I go, buddy, um, I don't know why I feel like to share this with you. I didn't share this in the earlier service. Um, I, I said, buddy, you know, it, it costs us a about $200,000, $250,000 to upfit these buildings, to, to New Hope-ize them and get them ready for the technology and the way we roll. And I said, um, you know, I, I, I understand you, you've been gracious enough, you know, but like, do, would you want to contribute to that at all? No. <laughs> Jesus says you have not because you ask not. That's how we started this church, New Hope. And I was really just expecting him to just give, you know, maybe a little bit. or I really was expecting him to say, uh, hush your pie hole. I just gave you a $2.5 million building. Um, and he said, well, I've actually been thinking about that. Um, and I, I want to give $50,000. And I about choked on my salmon. Um, and, and then he reached out and he said, here's the key. <laughs> We got Christmas, New Hope. We got Christmas. Praise His holy name. Amen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. New Hope. New Hope is going cross state lines. We're going to launch this thing on September 15th. September 22nd, somewhere in there. I didn't say this either in the first service, but I should have. I've already had two families from Central Campus say, Hey, we're going to move to Columbia to help launch this campus. And you might be here and you might be looking for a change or you might want to do something like that. I know it sounds crazy. For some of you, you're like, man, these people are really crazy. They actually, they actually believe this stuff that they're clapping about. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And if you would want to move with us, we want to send some families. Pray for us. This is what the Christ Child Offering is about this year. And uh, you've heard me mention that last week. Pastor Chad will mention that later. We're also trying to launch another campus here in Central North Carolina in 2013. We're, look, we're cracking back open the Chapel Hill Hillsboro campus. So if some of you are interested in that, we know we have about 150 people ready to go do that campus. I'm meeting with you um, actually today at 2 p.m. right in here if you're interested come on back at 2 but listen guys the multi-site vision 
to have 15 campuses by the year 2020 is on like Donkey Kong. And we are fired up. Yeah, praise him one more time. Now let's get, the, let's get to the word. Let's get to the word. I, how, how many of you are ready for the word? Open it up. Open it up to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah 9. As you're turning there, let me go ahead and just kind of uh, talk to you a little bit about where we are going in this series. Show of hands, show of hands. How many of you are parents? Like you've had kids? That's a lot of you. And there's a lot of you here, you haven't had kids yet, but I just want to go ahead and warn you. When you do, naming those little boogers is quite complicated. I learned some things, like we've got five kids, so we've done this five times. And some of you, actually a lot of you, often will say, Pastor, do you know what causes that? <laughs> come here, come here, come here. Yes, and we're unwilling to give it up at this time. <laughs> so we, we've had to name five of them, and like I, I didn't know until I started having kids that there are some rules, baby, that you just don't break. Like you don't name a child the name of your spouse's ex. Or, for that matter, the name of one of your exes. You, you, you just don't do that. Um, some of you like to name your children after biblical names. Now, I love that. We've done that with all of ours. But here's the deal. You've got to be very careful with that, too. Because, listen, you don't want to name your kid Jehoshaphat. <laughs> it's just not good. I promise you. It won't work out well. Or um, Nebuchadnezzar. And call him Old Neb for short. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't want to name your girl Jezebel. No. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Naming children, it, it's a trip when you think about it. Um, I know a woman who, uh, her name was Anita. Anita. And she went and married a, a, a dude, and his last name was Man. <laughs> Anita Man. <laughs> the second wave, they just got it with you. Um, see, like, like, I think that would be a perfect time in which you ought to just keep your maiden name. I'm just saying. Um, I, I know a, a woman, her name was Lois, and her last name was Price. She didn't even get this by the maiden name, Lois Price. <laughs> Mom and Dad, why did you name your child Lois when your last name is Price? I mean, that's just redonkulous. I read about a lady, her name was Eileen, and she married a dude, and his last name was Wright, Eileen Wright. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, what, why, why would you do such a thing? And then one more, one more, um, her name was Helen. Helen, and she named a dude, and his last name was Back. He said, after 10 years, I've been to hell and back being married to that woman. I mean, naming your child is a trip. But listen, check it out. Isaiah, thousands of years ago, when he started to prophesy about the coming of Jesus Christ, he actually came up with four powerful names. And that's where we're going in this series, You Got Christmas. Four powerful names that come straight from Isaiah 9, verse 6. Let's read it out loud, really strong. If you're ready, say amen. amen. Here we go. For to us... A child is, come on church, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Here we go. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Four powerful names that we're going to go to school on in the next four weeks. Don't miss a single Sunday. And we're going to be looking at each of these names. And today, of course, we are looking at Wonderful Counselor. Amen. Wonderful Counselor. Jesus Christ 
is our wonderful counselor. If you study the original language, it's peleyats. Now, you don't need to really worry about that. I just want to make you, uh, want to make you aware of what the meaning is. Peleyats, wonderful counselor. Pele actually means beyond understanding. Too wonderful, check it out, for words. He is too wonderful for words. Counselor, yachts, to advise, to consult, to guide. When Isaiah started prophesying about the coming of Jesus Christ, he wanted to let us know that this God who was coming in the flesh, this God that he was going to Christmas us with, was beyond understanding. This was a God who was too wonderful for words, which makes me wonder why I'm even up here trying to preach about him. He's too, he, 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 he advises, he consults, he is God in the flesh, he is Emmanuel, he is Alpha and Omega, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and yet he is Peleyats. He is, he's, he's your wonderful counselor. Dude, have you experienced Jesus as your counselor? Paul would pick up on this in Hebrews. If you got your Bibles, you can flip over there, or you might want to stay in Isaiah because we're coming back. But let me, just, let me just read for you Hebrews 4, verse 15 through 16, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You see the picture? So the word of the Lord is letting us know, listen, Jesus is Pele Yats, he's wonderful counselor, but what makes him so wonderful is that he can identify with you and me in our struggles. Jesus Christ was not some insulated, immune God away from the cosmos. No, Jesus Christ was one who dwelled among us. And Isaiah said, he is coming and he is Peleyats. He is wonderful counselor and he can be our wonderful counselor because he knows what it is like to live on planet earth. He knows what it is like to be betrayed. Those of you who have been betrayed, I can raise my hand. He knows what it is like to be hurt. Those of you who have been hurt. He knows what it is like to walk on this planet. And the Bible says, therefore, he can empathize with us in our weaknesses because we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of, help me out, church, of what? Throne of grace. Let us approach God's throne of grace with, with what? With confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in our time of need. He is wonderful counselor. He is one that we can turn to to find help in our time of need. Listen, church, you got Christmas. And you got Christmas with way more than a $2.5 million building and a piece of property in Columbia. You got Christmas with the wonderful counselor. Somebody shout amen. He comes to us. But the Bible says we come to him with confidence. Some of you are approaching God far too timidly, if you will. And and like fear and trepidation. I understand he's holy and and I understand we need to have a right sense of, of honor and reverence and fear of God. But listen, the Bible says that you can come to him with confidence. He, he draws you. He invites you. He's not like some earthly counselor who you might have to wait several months to get on their busy calendar. Amen. He's not like some earthly counselor who's going to charge you an ungodly amount of money to see a counselor. 
He, he is your counselor who is Peleyat's wonderful beyond words to advise and consult you in how you are to live your life. And the wonderful counselor, let me go and tell you this, the wonderful counselor comes to help the sick. And, and, and you might say, well, I, I, that doesn't relate to me because I'm not sick. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Go ahead now. Like, I'm sick. Mm -hmm. Every one of us has areas in our lives where we are sick. Okay, if, you, if you're sitting here and you think you're perfect and you don't have any areas of sickness, um, I love you, um, but you are sadly mistaken. Every single, see, see, this kind of just levels the playing field right here. We can all just kind of, we can all just say, hey, hey, I'm sick. So, so I don't do this often. Look at your neighbor and say, you're sick. Now, now, see, that makes all of you way uncomfortable. I know, I know, I know. But, but why don't you do this? Look at your neighbor. This is easier. And say, I'm sick. That's easier, isn't it? Isn't confession just good for your soul? Come on, you, you campuses do it. Y'all get all into this here. Listen, we're all sick. It might be real. And here's the thing about the holidays. The thing about the holidays, dude, is that they magnify our sickness. Have you noticed this? Like if you're depressed... The holidays, this is why the holidays are hard for people. The holidays have a way of magnifying your depression. If you're lonely, is there a worse time in the world to be lonely than, than the holidays? If you got relational sickness, oh, some of you are dreading the fact that what's-his-name is coming to your house for the holidays. Or some of you are dreading that you're going to their house and you're, you're, you're dreading it already and you'll go and you'll hate it and then you'll get in the car, get on the plane and you'll talk about how bad they are the whole time. Like some of, you, some of us have relational sickness. And listen, it just helps to own it and confess it. We're, we're sick. We have these issues. And I just felt like to say this. I thought about this late in the week and just decided to include it in here. Some of you, a lot of you by now are on Twitter and Facebook. And here's what you will do if you're not careful. You will sit home and look at your computer screen or you'll be out somewhere and you'll look at your smartphone and you'll look at everybody else's tweets and Facebook updates and you'll think they're all wonderful and you're the only one sick. That's a lie. Listen, you need to know, listen, everybody on Twitter and everybody on Facebook, even those who just love to tweet the most popular, famous, positive comments, and they always got a great quote in their pocket, and the sun's always shining at their house, and it might be raining at your house, and all this. Listen, they are sick just like everybody looks better online, beloved. <laughs> Every, me included, we all look better online. Don't buy it for a moment. They are sick just like you. They really, really are. This is key. So here's what we're going to do. Healing with the wonderful counselor. Here's how you get healing today. Amen. You be brutally honest with the counselor. Amen. Write in the words. If you haven't taken out your teaching notes, oh, it'll help you so much. Take out your teaching notes. You can study it later. Grab that pen in front of you. Steal that pen in the name of Jesus if you want. Walk out of here with that pen. We do not have pen police. You are fine. Grab a magnet while you are at it. Number one, healing with the wonderful counselor. You got to be brutally honest yes. with the counselor. Yes. Like some of you have been to counseling, and you don't need to be ashamed of that. I've been to counseling. I'm talking about earthly counseling. Yes? My name is Benji, and I'm your pastor, and I've been to counseling <laughs> twice. 
<laughs> and probably need a lot more. I'm going to talk you through some of that in just a moment. But, but, but here's the deal. If you've been to counseling, you know that you are not going to grow at all. You are not going to experience any benefits from being with the counselor unless you are honest. Like some of you know, in May, I started my first sabbatical ever. And so I started out in Denver, Colorado, and I went to a place called the Blessings Ranch. And uh, some of you were asking me before I went, hey, are you nervous? Are you uptight? And I really, I really wasn't at all. And, and here's why. I think I had just decided in my spirit when I, when I got this, this sabbatical deal going on, I decided I'm just going to go be honest. Listen, guys, it's utterly exhausting to live a lie. Some of you are here and you are straddling the fence, beloved. There is nothing more exhausting in life than to live a lie. You do know if you just tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus in the, in the Gospels, I'm going to give a lot of biblical illustrations today. They're my favorite kinds of illustrations. Jesus in John chapter 4, do you all remember the passage? Jesus goes to the well and he's with the Samaritan woman. Do you remember this? So he's at the well with the Samaritan woman, and this woman is sick. I mean, she's just like you, just like me. She's got, she's got sickness. And her area of sickness was relational sickness. This woman was, she had been sleeping around. She had been unfaithful. She, she's, this woman was a mess. And Jesus strikes up a conversation with her. And then Jesus asks her about her husband. And she could have lied. This is what I love about this Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. She was actually honest. And so she said to Jesus, Sir, the man I'm with now that's back at my house, he's not really my husband. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. He's not. And the five other men that you've been shacked up with. And this amazing moment of honesty takes place. And Jesus says there in verse 13, look at what the word of the Lord says. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him or her a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This Samaritan woman who was all up into sexual sin and five husbands. And then she, she was shacked up with a dude at that particular time who was not her husband. Jesus said, hey, you've been honest with me and I want to tell you about the living water. You come to me. You drink from me, not this water from the well. You drink from me, and this is water that will spring up in your soul to eternal life. You've got to be brutally honest. So, so let's try it today. Like, like where, where are you sick? Don't, don't, you don't have to confess it out loud. This is between you and God. Where, where, where are you sick? I shared with you how in May of 2012, this year, I went to the Blessings Ranch. And uh, man, I, we just unpacked my story. We spent an entire week just looking at my story. And as I did that, it actually caused me to remember 24 years ago when I went to my first counseling. This wasn't for a week. This was for two months. I went straight from a jail cell. I went to a place called the Palmetto Center, which was a drug rehabilitation center. And I was there for two months. You're only supposed to stay one, but I asked permission to stay an extra two months because I'm really jacked up. And they said yes. And I stayed for two months. And, and I, this, this May experience of this year took me all the way back in my mind to 24 years ago when I was in counseling for the very first time. And so we just unpacked my story and I was able to remember... The sickness 
that had littered my soul by my own choice 24 years ago. I remember going to counseling in 1988, and one of the first things I had to, had to confess was hatred. Like, I hated people. I hated my family that I grew up in. I hated the stuff that I experienced. I hated life. I actually remember having to confess addictions. I was addicted to all kinds of stuff. And I was pushing my addictions upon other people, selling mass amounts of marijuana just to get money to do LSD and crack. And I'm sorry if you're new here for the first time, but like, that's my story. And so I I had to confess my addictions. Um, I remember being 18 years old in the Palmetto Center, and I had to confess my sexuality or sexually sins that I had lived at the age of... 18 years old, I had blown it sexually. I'm not proud of that. I had blown it. I had to to confess violence. I was so angry, and uh, that's another one, anger. I was so angry, and I was so filled with hatred that violence just spewed out in my life. And at the age of 18 years old, you know, I... I lived to fight and lived to hurt and lived to, to, just, to just inflict pain upon people. I, I had to confess all this stuff. And I mean, I actually could go on and on. But then, then when I was there in May of this year, as I reflected on all of this, what was really cool is I started to feel kind of good because God had been my wonderful counselor and seen me through all of this. And, and, and I'm not... I'm not here anymore, but, but guess what? You can't puff yourself up with pride because then this might have been my old list, but then I had to start confessing my sins today. Amen. Like, and, and I had to come to terms with the fact that if I'm not careful, I can be a workaholic. And I had to, con- I had to confess that. I had to confess that There are times, we all go in seasons, you know, but there are times when I struggle with insecurity. I know I'm the only only one in here. I know. (laughs) I know. But, but like, insecurity and, you know, there, there are times when, come on, if we're getting all honest today, we might as well be honest. There are times when I struggle with lust. Okay? And I'm not talking about sexual addictions. I thanks be to God. I... Some of you are all wrapped up in pornography. That has never been my deal. But listen, we can lust over all kinds of things. I mean, guys, gals, listen. When I say lust, it could be sexual lust. But it it could be that you lust over things. It could be that you lust over other people. Um, But but I had to confess that. I I wonder if I'm all alone today. What what would you say? Let's just have a mass confession. What, What things would... Would you say that maybe I missed on the board that we have this proclivity to struggle with and sin? What, what do you say? Pride. Huh? Pride. Pride. Oh, my Lord. Amen. Pride. 
Huh? Come on. Anybody else, anybody else struggle with pride? I, I think you put that one up there for me, bro. That, I mean, I missed that one. Huh? Loneliness? Loneliness? Yeah. What? Did somebody else say something? Guilt? Guilt? Huh? Negativity. Oh, my Lord. Eeyore kind of people. The sky's falling, man. Chicken little people. If you're like that, you need no, nobody really wants to be around you. You got to get over that one. Um, here's one. Here's one. How about, how about patience? It's like, God, give me patience, but hurry the heck up. Right? 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 I mean, you, we, we could go on and on. Someone said judgment. Oh, my lanta. Selfishness. Self-esteem or like insecurity. like a, You see my point? Until, you're, until you get brutally honest. Yeah. Not just in here because we're having a little fun with it. But like, like this is my stuff, guys. And, you know, we could have one as big as the whole stage. And we could just fill it all up today. <laughs> you will never, ever, ever experience God to the fullest and your life to the fullest and you will never experience the wonderful counselor until you learn to get brutally honest with your God who already knows your stuff anyway. <laughs> Honesty. Here's the second one. Here's the second way we, we find healing with the wonderful counselor. We listen to the counselor's voice. Like, we, it's one thing to go to counseling, and it's one thing to be honest. But if all I do is, is share honestly, but I don't listen to his voice, I'm not going to experience all that God has for me. Amen. Another amazing passage in Scripture is Mark chapter 9. And in Mark chapter 9, some of you know this story. It's called the transfiguration. Remember this? Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on top of a mountain. And don't ask me how, to, how this went down because I don't know. Nobody really knows. But something goes down, man. Jesus starts glowing. I mean, I kind of picture glow-in-the-dark kind of stuff. I don't know. But, but Jesus starts to, to, he's illuminated with this dazzling light. In the Old Testament, it would be referred to as the Shekinah glory. But there's this sacred, holy moment that takes place on top of the mountain of transfiguration. And the disciples are like, whoa, this is cool. And they say, let's pitch a couple of tents and stay up here. Jesus, we are, we're digging this, man. We don't need a, a lantern tonight. You're just going to glow the night away. And Jesus says, we aren't staying up here tonight. But in this unbelievable scene, where God the Father has the full attention of Peter, James, and John. A voice thunders from heaven and says, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. It is unbelievable passage. And so if you want to experience the Pele Yachts, the wonderful counselor, you got to learn to listen to his voice, church. Yes. And you might say, those of you who are kind of newer in the faith, or, or maybe you might say, well, how do I hear his voice? How, how do I do that? Here's how you do that. You become a man or woman of the word. Yes. You read the Bible. Like on a regular basis, you read the Bible. Can I just challenge you this Christmas season to get up 15 minutes earlier? That's all it takes. 30 minutes earlier, whatever. And go to a quiet place and read the Bible. 
You say, what do I read? I don't know. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the first part of the Gospels. You'll be, you'll be reading the Christmas story. Read how these Gospels begin. Read the first four chapters of each of those Gospels. That's just 16 chapters. Take, take this month and read the Bible. You, how else do you hear from God? You hear from God by doing exactly what you're doing right now. Sitting in worship and hearing the preached word of God. Way to go. Way to go. I think it's so important. I think you should do it every single week of your life. It can be this church. It can be another church. It's not all about me. It's about God. So get, get somewhere where you're hearing the word of God talk. God speaks to you through trusted, spiritually mature believers. Listen to them. Sometimes, guys, it's our wives. Wives, sometimes it's our husbands. You learn to listen to the voice of God through your spouse, through your children, through your friends. Sometimes God speaks to you through a song. Have you noticed this? A powerful song. Listen to good redemptive music. And let God speak to you. And, and this is why I started with the word. The reason you become a man or woman of the word, that very first thing I said, the reason that is so important is because as you become a man or woman of the word, you're then able to discern whether or not that person preaching to you is in fact preaching the word. Amen. Okay? You, the reason you know that, the reason you become a man or woman of the word, so when somebody shares with you some insight, you're able to discern, oh, yeah. there's God's word. And you're able to say, get thee behind me. You don't know what you're talking about. Right? It goes both ways. That song you're able to discern, is that the word of the Lord? You, you grow in spiritual maturity by reading the word, and then you're able to test the spirits, and you're able to discern. Here's the last thing I'd say. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. And as you mature in the faith, you start to listen to that still, small voice, that Holy Spirit that lives and breathes and moves inside of you, and you are able to listen to the counselor's voice. Now, just so I'm clear, there's a difference between listening to the counselor's voice, this is the last thing I'm going to say today, and doing what he says to do. Oh, my lanta. Oh, my lanta. I hope you, I hope you heard that. Healing with the wonderful counselor is to do what the counselor tells you to do. Like I can... I can, I can be honest with the wonderful counselor. I can listen to his voice. <laughs> and then I can say, forget that. I'm not doing any of that. My boy Caleb, he's eight years old. Caleb. It's going to change the world if we ever get him focused. <laughs> Yesterday, I said, Caleb, take out the trash. Caleb said, yes, sir. And because I know how boys are, parents, you got, boys are a little different than girls. Boys, you, need, you can only give them short sentences, and you've, got to, and you've got to really make sure they make eye contact, eye contact is important. And because I know Caleb, because he's in this thing lately, he'll say, yes, sir, and he won't do anything. So I stopped. I said, no, no. I said, Caleb, take out the trash, boy. He said, yes, sir. 30 minutes later, I found Caleb out in the yard doing what he loves to do, and that is playing basketball. The trash was still in the house. I said, Caleb. See, he, see Caleb, Caleb listened to me. He actually listened because he said, yes, sir. <laughs> but he didn't do squat with what he heard. There's a difference between listening and actually 
doing. No one speaks more clearly about this in the Bible like the book of James. The book of James said this. Why don't you read it out loud with me? This is so good. You need to let this settle into your soul. Ready? Go. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's to be a doer of the word, church. That's, That's what maturity is. That we don't just hear it, but we actually do it. Sometimes Christians, I just still let it go off on this. I didn't even do it in the last service. Sometimes Christians are famous about saying, well, I want to go deeper. Take us deep, pastor. Let's go deep. I can take you as deep as you want to go, beloved. But uh, knowledge acquisition does not equate to deepness. What equates to deepness is doing something with what you already know. Let me tell you, your problem, most of you in here, if you're a believer, your problem is not that you need more knowledge. Your problem is that you need to do something with what you already know. This is so I'm all about deepness. And don't get me wrong, I love seminary. I don't call it cemetery like some pastors. I actually enjoy seminary. I read ferociously. I love heady stuff. I'm not knocking knowledge or I'm not knocking biblical literacy. I mean, we need to be smart Christians. We don't need to check our brains at the door. But sometimes this call for deepness is so that I can just keep learning more and more and more. And if I could draw a stick figure for you, I would. My head would get fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter. And I had this little dried up, skinny little body. There are lots of churches out there with a lot of deep people in them. But what they are communicating to the culture and the neighborhood around them is you can go straight to hell while we get all of our knowledge. We need to be able to do something with what we receive. Again, let me just repeat. Most of us don't need more knowledge. We really don't. Now, let's get some more because, again, I'm all about it. But here's an idea. Let's start making sure we do something with everything that we're learning. Healing comes from the wonderful counselor. When we actually do what he tells us to do. There's a rich young ruler in Mark's gospel. And in Mark's gospel, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And this was a good old boy. I got to tell you, he was a good boy. The Bible makes it clear. This was a good boy. He knew the law. He was a good old moral boy. I mean, if he lived in this area, he he might be a, a student at North Carolina Central. He might be a student at NC State or Duke or UNC. If he lived in Garner or or the Sand Hills area of Sanford, he had probably driven an F-150 Ford truck, if you know what I mean. This was a good old boy, right? And Jesus looked at him, and Jesus quickly diagnosed what was wrong with this guy. Jesus quickly diagnosed, you love things in this world more than you love me. So they had this kind of moment where I kind of come to Jesus moment, if you will. And Jesus looked at him, Mark 10, 21 through 22. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, Jesus said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So the man is listening to Jesus. There's this moment of honesty. 
And Jesus goes right for him, tells him what he needs to do. This was this one man's problem. It might be your problem. It might not be everybody's problem in here. That's not what I'm saying. The Bible says this. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. See, when I say to you, do what the counselor says to do, that is easy to get a hearty amen out of you if it's when the counselor is telling us to do something that we want to do. See, see, when Jesus tells me to do something that I really want to do, like, amen, woohoo! It's awesome. Let's go, Lord. What you want me to do? But what about when he starts to tell you to do something that you don't want to do? What do you do? Like, come, come, come. Some of you are here, and what Jesus is wanting to tell you to do is you need to stop living that double life. You need to stop wearing that mask in one environment. Maybe it's church. Maybe it's life group. Maybe it's whatever. And then you've got this whole other life over here on the side that you don't think anyone knows about. And Jesus would look at you today as the Peleyats, as the wonderful counselor, and he would say, come clean. Some of you are hearing the thing that Jesus would say to you because you've come up here today and you don't want to be in your marriage and you're about to throw in the towel and because you think your marriage stinks, you're doing this flirting thing over here on the side and you're getting real close to an affair or you are in the grip of an affair. And what Jesus would say to you is, get back in your marriage. Some of you are here today and and, and you would... You would admit, if you were honest with yourself, that you love things way more than you love God. The rich young ruler passage is right for you. Jesus would challenge you to do something redemptive and godly with your resources. And not be so selfish with everything revolving around you. Some of you are here today, and if you were honest, listen, you would admit you're addicted to something. You're addicted. Be it alcohol, or drugs, or sex, or things. And Jesus would say to us on this first Sunday of Advent, leave that lifestyle, get whatever help you need, and break that addiction. I am your wonderful counselor and together I can heal you of that addiction. But here's where it gets tricky. The question is, will you do it? See, this is what separates fans of Jesus from followers of Jesus. Fans of Jesus come on up in here and we sing and we clap and we praise and blah, blah. We do the things he tells us to do that we want to do. But followers of Jesus does do the things that Jesus tells us to do that we might not want to do. You got to be brutally honest. You got to listen to his voice. But you got to do what he tells you to do. And if you don't, all this junk, all this stuff, 
will keep destroying your life. Sin comes with a price, beloved. There are consequences to sin. And some of you are here, and, and like there are things on this board that directly relate to you, and then you're here, and there are things that, that are not on this board. We don't have to get them all on the board. But what do you bring to this place today? Where are you sick? What burdens are you carrying? Can I let you know that the devil is real? And the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be self-controlled. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion ready to devour you. He's out for you, beloved. He wants you to live in all of that. But the gospel good news, listen, don't miss this. If you've been sleeping, wake up. Don't miss this. The gospel good news is that Pele Yachts has come. You got Christmas with a wonderful counselor who wants to deliver you from all of that. You say, well, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. 1 John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, if we confess all of that, he is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us of our sins and do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some of you have come here today and you're so loaded down with guilt and sin and the burdens are heavy on you. You've come to the right place. Jesus Christ comes to heal you. He wants to deliver you of that. He wants to forgive you of that. He wants to set your feet on a solid ground. He wants to give you life to the fullest. But you got to be honest. You got to listen and you got to do what he tells you to do. Psalm 103, 12. I just got a few passages. I just want these to just fall on you today. Listen, as far as the east is from the west, beloved, that's a long ways. So far has he removed our sins from us. As far as the east is from the west. 1 John 1, 9, I just said it. If we confess, he removes this stuff from us. Lifts it off of you. That's gospel. That's grace. I love how the song we sing around here. Oh, how he loves. It says, if grace were an ocean, we'd all be drowning. Micah 7, 9. Great verse of scripture. You will once again have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the what, church? Into the what? Into the depths of the ocean. I like how Corey Tim Boone puts it. She said, and then God puts up a no fishing sign. I love that. That's compassion on you. Some of you are here and you need to hear that. It's compassion on you. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to give you the instructions and the counseling to put your feet on solid ground so that you leave your life of sin and burden and you start to live life as he desires it for you. It's grace. One, one more passage. Isaiah 9. You have shattered the yoke. You've what? You've shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders. The rod of the oppressor. He shatters it. 
He, he, he just destroys it. Like all this stuff. I could take this and just... He shatters the bondage. He shatters the brokenness. He shatters the hurt. He shatters the pain. He shatters the selfishness. He shatters the lust. He shatters the guilt. He shatters the hatred. He shatters the addictions. He shatters the violence. He shatters everything. He shatters it all. Shatters it. And sometimes pieces of it hang on. But let me tell you, if you stick with God long enough, it won't be long. Before he shatters every bit of sin in your life. And before long, when you walk with this wonderful counselor, listen, before long, you'll actually start to look at your life. And you'll actually start to see God is changing me. I'm no longer my old self. Yes, I've got new stuff to deal with. But as I walk with the Peleots, the wonderful counselor, I become more and more and more like Jesus. It's grace, beloved. It's grace upon grace upon grace. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, I know that I'm sitting here talking to people who, who've experienced your grace. They've walked with you, God. But I know I'm also talking to people who are here and they want some of this. They need this grace. God, they come to this church today with burdens. And it doesn't matter if you're an unbeliever and you're considering coming to faith today or if you've walked with Christ for 40 years. The truth is, we all have sickness. And therefore, we all need the wonderful counselor. Father, minister to us today. As we sing this song, would your grace, like that ocean, just wash all over us? Would we have moments of honest confession here today? Would we have moments of, of wrestling with your voice and hearing your voice? And would we listen? Would we actually do what you tell us to do? We will follow, Lord Jesus. We do not want to be a bunch of fans. We want to be followers of Christ. So speak to us this day, God. We worship you now. God, for those who don't know you, let, them, let everyone get caught up in this song together. Wash over us with your grace. Wash over us with your love. Wash over us with your correction. Descend upon us this day, Holy Spirit of God. We want to receive and experience you, our wonderful counselor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime 
or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.